Praise God. Amen. Well, we can thank the Lord for that. Amen. He is the same God. Can you give him praise here this morning? Yes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, it's good to see you all. Thank you for those, uh, Joey and, and Caitlin, and those that uh, helped last week and Angie for the service. And um, we were, had an opportunity to get away, and I had an opportunity to do something that I wanted to do my whole life, and that was pan for gold. And so uh, I got an illustration this morning. <laughs> and do you want to hear it? All right. Well, uh, just a quick announcement, and then we'll pray and we'll begin. Uh, water Baptism Sunday, so I see a number of names signed up. If you would like to be water baptized, it'll be Sunday the 27th, so we'll meet here, we'll have a service, have a message on water baptism that I believe will speak to, to many of your hearts, and then after service, we'll go out to Brophy Park. I think we'll have maps and all of that to help get out there. We have a picnic, so you don't want to miss that, and then after the picnic, we'll have a a water baptism right there out in the lake. And we've done this uh, numerous times before. It's very powerful. So if you say, you know what, I don't know, maybe I should, you need to be water baptized. God commands us to be water baptized, and you have the opportunity to do that. And so we encourage you, and we're providing uh, that opportunity. Amen? Amen. Well, let me take a moment and pray and, and share here. Father, I humble myself before you, and I do recognize that in and of myself, have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today, all those watching online or listening, audio. Lord God, I pray a special blessing upon them, Lord, that you would speak, apprehend their souls here today, change their thinking, Father God. Align our hearts, we pray. It's in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Well, we'll see how far we can go. I want to get into a new series here for the next few weeks. Um, and I want to talk to you about uh, uh, God's training camp. And the uh, title of this series will be Training for Reigning. And this is the first week in it, Training for Reigning. And uh, a couple of verses, but I, uh, I heard this quote by Aristotle. He said, the soul never thinks without a picture. And I'd like to try to paint a picture of a timeless message that I have shared uh, through the years here, the last 20-something years, on and off. And it just so encourages me about the local church and the power of the local church, Jesus in the local church. I'm not talking about denominationalism. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about membership. I'm, not, I'm talking about Jesus in the local church. Is anybody with me here this morning? And what in that, that, that God's purpose for your life, I believe this. This is what I believe. You can believe. I believe that when we get plugged in and we become members and we join and we're involved in a local church and we're all in. Somebody shout all in. Not like a phantom. You know, you kind of come and you go. Some people say, you know what? Well, we're just hiding for a little bit. That's Okay. You can hide for a little bit. We'll let you hide. Come on in. You can hide for a little bit. But we're going to instigate you to get involved. Get in. So you say, like, well, I never get to know the pastor. Well, here I am. I'm in the church. <laughs> that's, that's my passion. That's our calling. We're, we're in the local church. We feel that <clears throat> this is the, the, the greatest uh, ministry in our life can be through the local church. You say, well, that's uh, pretty biased. Absolutely. Because Jesus set it up. Jesus said, I will build my church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say, I will build my individualism, you know, lone ranger. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> he said, I'll build my church. It's the corporate 
expression of the body of Christ with all the gifts which are not passed away, all the gifts which are not passed away, and they are still there for us today. Say, well, I don't see them. We have to contend for them. We have to press in, press in. So I know I've dumped a lot on you right here in the first moment, but, <clears throat> and so I love God's local church with all its flaws and <clears throat> peoples. You know, how many know when the church becomes imperfect when I show up? And so you, too. <laughs> the moment we step in, it's imperfect, but that's okay. God works with that. And we grow, I feel, and we thrive our greatest in life when we are plugged in and connected to one another. That's a fact. <clears throat> that is a fact. And so, so with all of its issues and all of that, uh, God, I really believe, he works through the local church, and it is his training ground. It is his training ground. So I'm going to move this stuff forward. I see it here, but I don't see it up here. And so I'm going to click, and then maybe you can help me to know what's what up here. There's a timer going on up here, so thank you. <clears throat> training for reigning, God's training camp. One of the texts I want to focus on, uh, but I might di di digress away from this here in a moment, but is Ephesians 6.12. <clears throat> it says, for we wrestle. Some will shout, wrestle. Not against flesh and blood, <clears throat> but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. God has called us uh, to, to reign with him. How many of you know that there is an afterlife? All the pain, all the suffering, everything that you and I go through in this life, there is a glory awaiting us. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.12, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Did you hear that? If we endure. <clears throat> and so the goal of the enemy is to cause you not to endure. Did you hear? It's very simple. If I can just get you not to endure, if I can sidetrack you somehow, if I can distract you with something else out there, then I win. And we don't want to let him win. Can I get an Amen. We don't want that. So God is training us to reign. The Bible says we will rule and reign with Jesus in his kingdom. Daniel 7.27 talks about your kingdom and dominion and the greatness of your kingdom under the whole heaven shall what? Shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high God. Thank you for that one hallelujah. That means that's you. That's, uh, that's us. God is saying that if we endure, we will reign with him. Now, he doesn't, I'm talking about the sweet by and by right now, but he wants us to reign here on earth. Yes. Amen? And he wants us to, to occupy, to, to, to have a heaven's perspective here on earth. So, so let me give you a little bit of my illustration about gold panning. <clears throat> I've watched a lot of videos, and some, some of you guys in here are gold uh, enthusiasts and know a lot more about me, but you got to start somewhere. So I got my panning kit, Amen. And I got my little mini sluice box, and I went out with my son, and so we went camping. Some of you go, I've always wanted to do that. I know it. It is super fun, but it, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's backbreaking. Uh, so we went up north, uh, Idaho, north of Boise, and, and a pop-up camper. We were what they call boondocking. How many know what that means? That's no running water. Come on, somebody. There's no... I mean, electricity, only the battery that you have in the camper. And this, most people just pop up with a tent. And where you shower is in the stream. <laughs> and so we boondocked for three days. But I had an amazing time with my son. And I, it was just so amazing just being there connected. And I haven't had that time uh, for many years like that, just him and I. And here's the thing, we're off the grid. 
I, no internet, no text, no, uh, the phone showed no service, nothing. I, so if you, you responded to me, I'm like, I, I can't respond. It was, we were off the grid. And uh, yeah, amen. It was, and so if there were a few nights there, we were just kind of like, so what are we going to do? <laughs> Zach goes, man, I am on my phone a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, Dad, have you ever checked how long you're on your phone? I'm like, always checking things. He goes, that's a full-time job, just the phone. And when it's cut off, it's like, now what? Come on, somebody. And so Zach started coloring, and I started talking to him. <laughs> that's all we could, I mean, it's at night, you know. You have a little light there. And, but it was amazing. It was great. And so it's a tremendous amount of work. We were at, uh, just somewhere off the Gr Grimes Creek. And uh, so, the, so we started our panning. Uh, that, that next day and went out and searching certain of the areas. Like, okay, you got to test certain sites in the river. There's river bank, where the rocks are, with the gold and all of that, trying to find out where it's at. And we found out there was a lot of other people that were there before us. And a lot seemed like it was picked over. And so we discovered that after the first day. But the first pan that I got in and I started to learn how to do it, there's a knack to this. Uh, there's how you do it and you you know, take that sand in there or that whatever, that, that, that silt, and you pan that off and you get it down to the, to the fine, they call it uh, black sand or the dark sand. And, and that is where the gold, if there is any, you find any it. But here's what I found out. The first pan, I thought, Zach, we're rich. I mean, like, this is it, man. We are rich. Gold is almost $2,000 an ounce. Come on, somebody. I thought I had six grand in that pan. Because of all the gold, so I thought I had. Today I want to start, as I introduce this, I want to talk to you about discernment. Discernment. That's the word that came to me when I thought, well, I struck it rich. And I was like, wait a minute, Mike. i got to step back and look at what's going on here. Let me just give you a simple definition about discernment. Discernment is nothing more than the ability, watch this, to decide between truth and error, right and wrong. Discernment is the process of making careful distinctions of our thinking about truth. In other words, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous with the ability to think biblically. I like what Charles Spurgeon uh, said. Maybe you can help this PowerPoint along. Thank you. Charles Spurgeon made this thing about discernment. He said, discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it's telling the difference between right and almost right. Did you get that? That's where the enemy comes in. That, come on, somebody, that's where the devil comes in and deceives people. What it looks like it's right, but it's not right. It looks like it's truth, but it's not truth. Amen? And so, uh, I beg, let me help illustrate this. Help me if this isn't working. All right. There are two types of things that are in that pan if, if you actually have, have gold. There's gold. Somebody shout gold. And then there's pyrite. I think that's how you pronounce it. And there's other malleable things in there. But gold and pyrite. Pyrite looks a lot like gold. That's why when I was panning that first pan, I went, we're rich, son. And then after further investigation, come on, somebody, I found out, oh, this is pyrite. Now watch this. Fool's gold is what they call it. Someone say fool's gold. Mm. Fool's gold is so abundant, but it's worthless. It's worthless. It's everywhere, and it's tantalizing. It's beautiful. It mimics that it's like gold, but it is not gold, and it is worthless. 
And when you grab in there, dig in that pan, you got to learn to decipher what's true gold and what's not. It's like, how? How did you? It took some time, and it took some discernment and some experience, and I'm going to give you some scriptures for that. Fool's gold is worthless. It's flashy. It's shiny. And uh, here's the thing. It's very light in weight. I'm going somewhere. Compared to real gold, which is heavier. True gold is the heaviest thing pretty much in that pan when you, pull, when you start panning for gold. It is the heaviest thing. It's malleable, it's pliable, it's bendy, it's soft. One troy ounce of gold weighs about 31.1 grams. And as I shared before, that's almost two grand an ounce. About, so it's about $62 for a gram. Gram, I think, is the weight of about five matchsticks. Wouldn't, not much, but there's value. There's value in that. And so fool's gold, this pyrite, has a specific gravity weight of around five, while gold has the gravity of 19.3. Say to me, say, gold is heavy. Friends, the word of God is truth. The word of God is heavy. The word of God will ground you. The word of God will keep you solid. The word of God will carry you through all the turmoil of life. It's the word of God that is steady right there. When you fix your eyes on God and his word, it'll carry you through. You'll find the true gold. How many with me say amen? And so this black sand in there, you have to, you know, kind of pan and wash that. But while you're doing that and, you know, without boring some of you that don't care about this, as you're washing the black sand trying to find the fool's gold, uh, find the gold, the fool's gold is all the while, watch this, floating in front of the gold. It's floating in front, come on somebody, it's just floating across the pan like, wow, that was a big piece. It's worthless. It looks really, come on somebody, it looks really good. And I thought, man, if I could just start saving all this. And then early uh, miners and prospectors used to collect this and try to pawn it off and sell it to people. Like, oh, wow. And they think it's real gold, but it's fool's gold. How many with me say amen? It's abundance. It's abundance. And, and it's basically it's just like when I looked at it, I kept looking at it. It's shouting at me saying this, follow me. Fo- come on, follow me. I want to get you off on some crazy tangent. I want to get you, come on, passionate about something that really does not matter, and it's absolutely worthless, but I'm going to distract you from the truth. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Friends, we need discernment in what we see and what we hear and what we believe. And see, here's the thing. What we see, what we hear, and what we believe will take you to a destination, whether that's good or bad. How many with me say Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, but examine, someone shout examine, everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from every form of evil, Paul's telling the church in Thessalonica, I like how the the NIV says, test everything uh, that is said, prove all things to the, put, put and prove all things, put it to the test is what he's saying, prove it, is it fool's gold, is it the real thing? Because the enemy is out to kill, steal, destroy, and deceive people's lives. All right? <clears throat> and, and the Greek, actually, that, what well, I'm bore you with the Greek word, but that word test means to reveal what is good and acceptable. The Apostle John issued a similar warning when he said this in 1 John 4 1. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Did you get that? 
And so when someone reads the word of God and, and, and they get off in error or whatever the situation or they go off of some, you know, <clears throat> destructive behavior or whatever, they didn't use the discernment of God. Now watch this, watch this. To as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the wisdom, the understanding to discern. We have the ability to discern if you will take the time to find the true gold. <clears throat> take the time. Because that fool's gold is everywhere. <clears throat> we need God's discernment. More than ever today, there's so much of this fool's gold floating around in people's lives, and they get caught up in addictions. Come on, somebody, in bondage, and they get offended, or whatever, this, whatever it may be. Satan has millions of tactics, but it really boils down to one. One thing in his bag, and it's that's deception. It's deception. <clears throat> and so, so we need to be wise, the Bible says. And so according to the New Testament, discernment is not optional for the believer. It's something that is required. Do you get that? It is required. Hebrews 13.9 says, Do not be carried away by various and strange teachings or doctrines that lead you from the right way. <clears throat> so that tells me that there are truth, teaching, and the Word of God. How many know God's not schizophrenic? His Word is not. His Word doesn't contradict. Just because two people look at it and they get different interpretations, that's not God's fault. That's, that's the interpreter. And the enemy is, I really believe, behind that to get us off, get us off the sidetrack. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, it said, Paul tells the church, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who had called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel which is really not another only, but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And so once again, we need discernment. Here's a verse here in 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11, the Bible says this, no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. What is that? Fool's gold. Washing right over there. Fool's gold, tantalizing, trying to distract us from what's really, what is truth. He says, therefore, it's not surprising of his servants also that disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. And he talks about how the end will be judged. And so this is the thing. I've said this before, and you heard this. Why deception is so deceiving? Because the person who is deceived thinks they are right. <clears throat> that, that we think they're right. <clears throat> and that is something that is constant through the New Testament. And so just because uh, deception is rampant, that is something Paul dealt with where he said <clears throat> many times, do not be deceived. Jesus said, you know, beware, do not be deceived. The enemy, one of his tactics is to get us off track and out of the purposes of God that he has for our life. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Ephesians, very quickly here. Uh, the Bible says, <clears throat> I love this verse, so that he might sanctify the church, having cleansed her by what? The washing of water with the word of God. Now, that was an illustration. When you pan for gold and you get that black sand up to the top, what do you do with the water? You wash it. The more you wash that black sand, that black sand pulls away or should pull away, and the gold will be there solid. It just sits there. I think that's so cool how heavy gold is, the weight. I went, that's, that's it. So many times I kept washing, I'm washing, I'm like, oh, that flake would float right down. I'm like, that's not gold. 
The real gold is solid. It has weight. That's the truth of God's word. Can you say amen? So this verse is referring to the power of the word to cleanse and sanctify the church. And, and so once again, just like, just like panning for gold, that water in the pan, it washes away the fool's gold. So if you don't have the full counsel of the word of God in your life, you can get off track. I've gotten off track. Okay, I've gotten off track. And it's like, wait a minute, I have to get back on track here. But here's the thing. How do you get on track? What is it? It takes practice in the Word of God. Somebody say practice. Watch this, Hebrews. Hebrews 5.14. Have your powers of discernment. Do you know you have powers of discernment? Every single one of you. But you can't just have powers of discernment and do nothing with it. You have to what? Train. Train the powers. Having your powers of discernment trained by constant what? Somebody say practice. You've got to practice. Practice what? That's learning to discern. Wait a minute. This is of God. That's not of God. Is this the heart of God? Is this the love of God? Is this the grace of God? Is this the, is this the, the mind of Christ? Or what is this? Well, it's a lot of knowledge. It's a lot of truth. It's a lot of seemingly. But is this the right way? One verse says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Another one says this, another translation, but solid food is for the spiritually mature, watch this, whose senses are trained by practice to distinguish between what is morally good and what is evil. Some things are really clear. That's wrong. That's, that's, that's not. That's God. That's, that, that's not of God. But sometimes you get in a gray area and you really need the wisdom of God. And that's why you need the wisdom of those also in the body of Christ. Can I get an Amen. You need brothers and sisters in Christ that are strong in the faith to help process you and grow you so you don't get off and get deceived. Now, let me just say something about discernment, and we'll see how far we get here this morning. When you look at discernment in the Bible, it's always connected to spiritual maturity. So if you want to be a discerning Christian, you need to be a mature Christian. What, what is that? That is one who, watch this, is growing in faith, one who is understanding the Bible. Listen, thank God if the only time you see a Bible verse is on Sunday morning and the rest of the week you see nothing. At least you get that. But friends, you need the word of God every day. Amen? And so, so I mean, I thank God that some of you, this is the this first time, like, okay, he bringing the word this Sunday, okay, and then the rest of the week, well, I don't know what happens. But, but you need the word of God. I need the word of God daily. So what, well, what if I miss it and I didn't get it, whatever? No condemnation. No, no condemnation. Just begin again. <laughs> just read the next day. I read, just, just begin again. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> and so, so, so we, need to, we need to be grown in faith in our understanding of the Bible. So the one who's growing in his knowledge of the Lord. <clears throat> and how many know that we need to do that with humility and being teachable? Because, you know, you ever heard the term a fathead? I don't mean to be derogatory, but little body, but a big head. You know, the Bible says knowledge puffs up, okay? And so, so we want to be ones that with humility and teachability. And uh, let me just read a little bit further here about spiritual discernment. It's really the way God allows us to see the world, to see ourselves through his eyes, you could say. And so God gives us that privilege. He gives us the Bible, if I could say it this way, as a, as a lens to see the world the way he sees it. And that's an amazing thing. That is an amazing thing. Thing all through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
working in and through our lives. And so with that, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're now able to understand the Bible. We're able to understand Scripture, where before you didn't have that discernment. You could not discern. You think, that this is, what do you mean reading a book? It makes no sense to me, and I can't grasp it. Read the Bible. I got no time for this. Something written 2,000 years ago. I, no, but when you're born again, you have that power of discernment. You read, and you can receive truth. You can receive gold in your spirit. Amen? And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. We understand uh, the world the way uh, it really is. And that's what discernment is. It is using the tools. Watch this. God has given us to see things his way so we can live lives that honor God. And so so every Christian, we need to be discerning. Can you say amen? And so that's why I love, now getting back to my main point in Ephesians, about God's house and why, how it's vital for our life to help us along the way. I can't tell you how many times that we're, you know, even my wife and I serving, whether it had been in youth ministry or an associate role or missions or whatever, through these 30 years, could just gotten off track, gotten, gotten off, sidetracked with something, and, and how having discernment with other godly men and women in our life helped us along the way. Amen? And, and many of you in here that are that way, that'll help this wisdom uh, that you can dispense in the house of God and training people in righteousness and discernment and and all of that. And so this is a teaching now. I just kind of want to jump in and and then we'll conclude here in a moment, but we'll have to continue with this. But this is the teaching in Ephesians 6 uh, in this word wrestle. And I like patterns. I like when I see a pattern in the scripture, I I really get excited because it's like, well, God actually has, he's taking us steps along the way. How many hear what I'm saying? It's like, it isn't that you just show up at church. It's like, well, now what? You know, like, what, what, what's next? I got to face tomorrow and this week and now. No, God strategically has a pattern for each of your lives. And if you plug into his purposes, he will take you along that destination. He, come on, that's good, that's good news. It does, it, you know, I have to be willing and humble. I have to be teachable. Come on, somebody. But, but he will, if I'm doing that, he will carry me to my destination. He will carry you to your destination if you do that. But the enemy's got fool's gold. There's so many things, and you look back, and the land is littered with believers, believers that get sidetracked. They get off for the pureness of the word of God. So this word wrestle refers in the Greek to a struggling. And there's some things I want to touch on, see how far I get here this morning. Uh, actually, in the Greek, it's the word, it's the Greek word pale, pale, P-A-L-E, pale, where we, the Greeks use this word pale, palestra, in Russian, Ukraine, when I did it through interpreting, they'd call it the palastra, but it's really palestra, but it's so ingrained in my mind, palastra, I might say that. But what it was, was a local gym. So they had the Greeks trained and they had gyms. So Paul is writing this word in Ephesians. Are you with me this morning? He's writing this word to identify. And the moment he said that, if I said this, hey, how many of you walked by Snap Fitness? Most of you know Snap Fitness. Now, you may not train in it, but you may walk or drive by it. Or, you know, America's Fitness. Or, hey, how many of you have been to the past the YMCA. You know where the YMCA is? They're doing that circle bottle. It's still under construction. But you you know what I mean? You you know exactly. That's what Paul writes. He writes, he goes, I want to identify something. I want to take a spiritual truth and give you an analogy. How many with me? Amen? 
So that's where we get this word pale, palestra, palastra. It actually means house of combat sports. And <clears throat> so, so in the Greek, it means actually this word wrestle means to sway. It means to, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's like a, a vibrant, it talks about a spiritual conflict that Paul's bring about for even believers. Um, <clears throat> they, it talks about holding a person down with their hands on their neck. A constant uh, battle between two, uh, a face-to-face confrontation. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> Let me just pull up Palastra here, what I grabbed. This is some of the early pictures of the Roman in the Greek Palastra. And these were like beautiful palaces. And they, they had an arena, but in the back were rooms that they had to train before they got out in the arena. So <clears throat> let me just say this. There was rooms they would have a punching bag or a cold bath washing room. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was an oil storeroom. There was a furnace room. There was a hot oil bath. There was a sauna. There was a massage area. I mean, they had all of this there for these athletes. Now watch this. They were different rooms of training. So once, and they actually had scouts that would go out. These scouts would go out into the villages and they would go to the communities and say, hey, your son, he looks like he could be fit. He could, he could train in the palastra. It was a real honorable thing to be a part of training in there. And so they would, scouts would go get these guys in, but then when they would bring them to the manager of the palastra, he was the one that had the oil, and he would train them. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, with all that, this palastra was very similar, Paul is saying, with the local church. Stand with me if you would, please. The local church. The apostle Paul is likening I'm going to get into something here in the weeks to come. Our spiritual training, watch this, your spiritual training is like the scout, the Holy Spirit went out and brought you in. You responded. You said yes to the gospel. Amen? <clears throat> and when you said yes, you enter into the palastra, or you should, when you answer that call. And the trainer of the palastra, which really is typical of a pastor, he has the oil. In other words, he purchased oil. He bought oil. It cost him that oil. He sacrificed for that oil. But that oil, he freely gives to others that come into this training place. And God has a process of preparation for every single one of you. Every head bowed here this morning, if you would, please. It's a place of training. It's called the local church. There are various rooms of training. And some of you will identify, that's where I'm at as we get into this. I'm in that room. I'm in that room, Pastor. <clears throat> but here's the good news. If you lean in and you stay humble, the Holy Spirit with his gifts and the manager of the plaster, which is Jesus, really, he will take you through those rooms so you'll be able to enter in to what God has for you and overcome. With every head bowed here this morning, <clears throat> I'm just going to continue, Lord willing, next week, but I want to I want to talk to those here this morning as a pastor, I am not aligned properly. 
I've been following fool's gold. I've allowed the world and Satan to tantalize and draw me away. And it may be not always materialistic things. It could be physical. Maybe it's just something that's happening in your heart because you're disillusioned. You're in pain. I don't know what the circumstance is, but the enemy has been washing you with fool's gold. Follow this. Follow that. Get off on this. Get off on that. And God wants to bring you back to alignment here today, church. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get right with the Lord. I want to pray for you here. Pray for you this morning that you can accept the Lord, receive Christ in your life. Be born again, as the Bible says. Have newness of life. Begin your journey in the process of preparation through the house of God and the purpose of God in your life. God's palestra, His palestra. You're here this morning. Say, Pastor, that's me. I'm going to lead you in prayer. I'd like us to pray in unison if you would. What you're doing is you're not joining this church, but you are joining the family of God. Say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say no to the fool's gold. I want to say yes to the real thing that will wait and hold me down in this tumultuous world. If that's you, pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I make a confession today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.